Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. You're in the queue when you remember you need something for Daniel. How about a million euro? But what if he takes up heli skiing for the crack? Who will be your new left cornerback? A millionaire raffle ticket is the perfect gift this Christmas with one guaranteed millionaire and 5,055 cash prizes. Perhaps it should be one for Daniel and one for you. Get your tickets before they're gone. Play responsibly in store or at lottery.ie. He also said that every generation needs a revolution, Jimmy. The American dream is just that. Just a dream. War is a continuation of politics. Only by other means. Politics is a continuation of economics by other means. This is our bank. This is our war. And this is our plan of attack. Banks have become an essential threat to our democracy. So consider this justice. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station on the Internet. Please help support this station so this battle can continue forward. Revolution Radio! The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Hello? You're already live, Janet. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I didn't hear you. Yeah, I was was on mute. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll begin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ascension Center on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. And I'm your host, Janet Carolesson, and I'm... My co-host is Teresa J. Morris. I think we're trying to get everybody on board, and hopefully, uh, poor Mad Peter Thomas Decker is calling everybody. We have TJ went offline. I don't know what happened to her. Okay, do you have her phone? Uh, yeah. Give me a minute. Okay, maybe try her phone. Anyway, I'll keep talking uh, uh, while you're working on that. We have two guests tonight: Desta Barnaby and Grant Cameron. And Desta is new to our network. And she was born and raised Camille? in Winnipeg, Canada, where she can use with her cattle dog, Berg. She and Berg loved taking long walks in the forest near her home. 
also part of Destin's family, are many international students to whom she provides room and board in her home while they study in Canada. And Destin believes that her true mission in life lies in helping other people reach elevated states of consciousness and heal physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. To that end, she has spent most of her adult life studying numerous forms of energy work and healing modalities. Most recently, she studied and now practices dousing for personal health and healing of the home. Dolores is canon for regression hypnotherapy known as quantum healing hypnotherapy. Let me start this over. TJ hit join or tried to call everybody and it threw us all off. TJ, Hello. TJ tried to call everybody and it threw us all off. All right, let's try that again. Yes. I don't know what everybody heard. I'll start. They <laughs> heard except right at the end. Okay, we're getting everybody on board again. Sorry for the um, technical difficulties. Uh, TJ, let us call you. Anyway, today our guests are, I don't know what you heard, uh, Amad, did you hear? Any of what I was saying about yeah, Destra? Except the last two words. Okay. Well, she likes to go to conferences on healing as well as UFOs, and that's her main interest. The second person we have on today, oh, Destra's website is um, feeltheshift.ca for Canada. Okay. TJ, do we have you? Yes. I'm on the phone. My computer's acting weird. On Skype, okay. so I apologize, but I'm here. Thank the you. Tracy J. Morris is here. Okay, now this is getting ridiculous. Man. Okay, we're doing this again. Yeah, this One is, more talk. This is pretty well messing up for some reason. I don't understand it. All right. Well, we'll do the best we can. I'm so, uh, he's correct. Your guest has been here the whole time. Grant has. Okay, we got other guest has. Okay, okay. Well, we'll see if we can do it this time. Teresa Charles. Back and so's, so's uh, Desta. I think that's how you pronounce it. Desta Grant has yeah. answered. Did she answer? Grant has not answered. Well, we got Desta. We can start with Desta. Okay, when we get Grant, okay. let me know, um, uh, Mad, and then we'll start with Desta. And I guess you didn't get to hear the bio, but let's say, uh, go ahead, uh, TJ, say hi to everybody. Well, hello, everybody. This is Ascension Center, and we are the three of Janet Carolesson of Maui, Hawaii, Teresa J. Morris of Florida. I'm in Gulf Breeze in the Panhandle. That's west side, almost the Alabama line, which is the Alabama-Florida line. And we have our wonderful producer, a man painter, also known as Thomas Becker. He is in around Valdosta, Georgia, just across the line from Jacksonville, Florida. Is that about right, Ahmed? About 60 miles from Jacksonville. About 60 miles from Jacksonville. So two of us over here on the east, about as east as you can get, and it's about as south as you can get other than Miami. And uh, Janet is as west as you can get in the United States of America. Hawaii is out farther than Alaska, right? <laughs> I think. I think so. I, I think so. Yes, it definitely is. Um, okay. But I now, did I hear you say west. Grant? 
Grant Cameron coming away. on, but he may be he may be finishing up with another interview. No, he, want to give him a I'm few. talking to him. He's, I'm trying to get him on. He's it's just not okay. a, to pull pull him in for some reason. Yeah, his Skype. I was oh. having trouble too. I don't know what's going on. It's just really busy tonight. Skype. One of those busy days. They've changed. Right, they've upgraded Skype. it. He, he's calling me now, and if I answer it, it's going to uh, put this one Yeah, up. yeah. Let me let me text him. Let me text him. Okay. <laughs> Isn't this funny? We're having such a great time. Uh, how yeah, about, let's say hi to Desta while I'm texting Grant. Hi, Desta. Okay, you how are you doing? Hi there. I'll text. Hi, tell us about yourself. Um, welcome aboard, and now we've got some <laughs> feedback. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> you love it. Go ahead. It's this new well, Skype thing, Desta. Can you hear me? This is <laughs> Teresa. Janet's going to try to get Graham on here. Desta, how Grant. did Janet find you? Uh, I just saw the message in my email that you're going to be on tonight. So tell us uh, what part of the country. Are you in Canada like Grant? Or are you in the United States of America? Yeah, I'm actually in Canada. I'm in uh, Winnipeg, uh, Manitoba with Grant, the same city that Grant's in, actually. Oh, okay. And you know Grant Cameron? Yeah, I know him. I just uh, released a book on his publishing company, and that's why I think he suggested that I come on here with him tonight. (laughs) Oh, okay. Wonderful. Well, we'll get to learn all about. I've only got to talk to Grant once in this radio show that you're, well, a Saturday show we do. We do another show. So we're glad to have you tonight. Hi, Grant Cameron. This is Teresa J. Morris, Janet Carolesson. And the one you know, Desta, and a mad painter. We're all here. Can you hear us? I can hear you, Teresa. Yeah, thank you. I don't know what's my Skype will not uh, answer calls. I don't know what's going on. but Mine wouldn't either. Yeah. Yeah. Go go. ahead, Janet. Janet, you got the floor. Oh, I was just going to say they've upgraded the Skype, and now it doesn't work anymore. So, so much for upgrades. But um, (laughs) welcome, Grant and um, Desta, and we're delighted to get to know... Desta, we've never met her before, and we wanted to know, how did you two meet, and how did you start working together? Whoever wants to go first. (laughs) Desta can answer that. (laughs) Um, Go ahead, Desta. (laughs) I was living in Vancouver a couple years ago, and I went to uh, one of the disclosure conferences that went through Vancouver, and Grant was speaking at it, and I had just moved to Vancouver from Winnipeg. And um, he, in his lecture, he mentioned that he was from Winnipeg, and I was so surprised because he uh, he mentioned he had a he was running one of the UFO meetup groups here, and um, I had just left Winnipeg thinking that there was no one to really connect with and talk to about this sort of thing, and I went to Vancouver and joined one of the meetup groups there, and then then their grant is saying that he has a group in uh, in Winnipeg, so I was quite surprised, and I went and talked to him after the lecture. Yeah, well, how about wow. that? Yeah, and then she, uh, we had, she come to a couple of the meetings, and then um, I had done, as you know, I had done the book on inspired the paranormal world of creativity, where I had the downloads, and I'm looking at all the various people who were able to sort of tap into this type of knowledge, whether it's musicians and stuff like that, and it was we had a couple of, you know, uh, events where we had coffee together, and then she started talking about her download stuff, and that's what really got me sort of uh, interested. And so we've worked fairly well together in terms of uh, working on 
that kind of stuff, the download stuff, and also working with experiences because we do have the group in Winnipeg, which is a lot of experiences. So we've tried to sort of help experiences along with their story and help them publish their books and stuff like that. Wow, that's quite a quest. That's sort of what Janet and I started doing strictly by accident, but I think there's a lot more of us out there going to find each other. So what is the theme tonight, Janet or Grant or Des? What are we going to do together tonight? Go look at the the page I put up on Aquarian Radio. I can't Um, right now, baby. I can't with my computer. That's fine. Anyway, so apparently you are helping, Destiny, you're helping Grant um, with some books. Which ones did you help him with, and and uh, what do you do exactly? You're like an editor, and, or are you just like a cheerleader? Go, go, Grant, get it done. Because you know, you I need a cheerleader right That's now. Got, I am stalled. I, I can't seem, you know, it takes, it's 21 days to make or break or habit. So when I got into my other books, I was really like in a groove, and now I'm in a different groove. And every day goes by. I said, "I go, damn! I was supposed to write on my write on my book today, and I I need somehow to get inspired to get back to this book, which I, you know, I have a lot of chapters outlined, but I haven't done it. So go ahead, answer that question. How do you? Because Grant alluded to something. Writers write. Yeah. So go ahead, Destin. <laughs> I I um helped. Hardly at all, but I uh, Grant just put out a different book by a woman called Nancy Tremaine, and uh, her book's called Symbiosis, and I just read through it and tried to do a very small amount of editing that I could do. I, I basically am just a cheerleader. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. I'll tell you a true story now. She, um, Desta is very good at technical stuff, so basically what happened is um, Katerina uh, Castillo is a friend of ours that was sort of helping me do editing and was helping with the self-publishing and putting the books up and this sort of stuff. And um, she got a little busy, and so when Desta started having all these, um, and she can get into this thing where she is tapped into something, I said to her, I said, well, maybe you should you should do a book. I mean, you should, instead of keeping it yourself just take all this material that you're getting because I knew she was um, getting these downloads and I was putting them on, on my Facebook and people were saying, oh, this is cool stuff. Where's this coming from? Uh, who, who's this person? And I really didn't identify her. And so it was at that point when I sort of helped her, showed her how to set up a word manuscript and how to set up a book and how I did my books and stuff like that. And so she went through the whole process of, uh, she. in fact, she went actually, she didn't want to do the book and then I said, well, ask the people, whoever you're in contact with, ask them whether you should do the book. And then she asked, and they said, oh, yes, you should do a whole series of books. And so then I sort of showed her how it was done. And then she went through the whole process herself for the book that she's just released. And she is actually the expert now. She knows exactly how it works. And she also helps with um, what we've done now is we've sort of moved um, the way we get the message across is because um, Desta is, is sort of a, a young spring chicken. She knows all the the stuff of the technology and, and what people are into, young people and stuff like that. So basically she runs um, my uh, White House uh, YouTube channel and uh, my Facebook and all these different uh, social media things. And she's sort of very good at it and moved it away from we were into sort of like doing the book, doing the long lectures, that sort of stuff. 
and we've moved with Destus help to more doing uh, YouTube stuff where it's only like 10 or 15 minutes because that's basically the the attention span of a lot of the young people and people are very busy. I mean, they, they've got things to do. And so she helped me move away from the, the presidential UFO website to this sort of a medium where we're putting out these very short messages on various subjects. And because she uh, did her, her own book, she's now the expert. She knows exactly how to set it up, exactly how to do margins and, and how to move this kind of stuff and did a lot of the work with, with Nancy. And we've actually had piles of different offer, offers from people who are walking around with books in their head. And we said, okay, you know, we're, we're not going to do everything for you, but uh, we will actually help you show you how this is done, how to set it up, because it's not as hard as you think it is. But Desta has become the expert because she's, I'm, I'm more into this sort of the, um, the research stuff. And she's more into, because she was a, a, a business manager and knows how this end of the, of the thing actually operates and how you, how you get the message out. So you have a specialized field in the UFO business, right? Because you're having this uh, STEM grant from your UFO experiencer group there in Canada, and you're meeting people through there, or just taking social media, Facebook, Twitter, you know, Pinterest, those kind of things. Well, applying we, them to your followers or, or what? Most, How do people get to you? Yeah, most of the ones we meet are at conferences. So um, when we met Nancy Tremaine was at the the Toronto conference. We met her there, and that's when she told us that she had this book, and she told us about it. And, you know, it's the reptilian book, except it's the, the good reptilians. It's sort of like it was just a really bizarre sort of idea. And then she told us she had been trying to publish it for five years. And we said, well, we'll show you how to do it. I mean, it's not that hard. And it was Desta that sort of led her through a lot. Katerina started, but then Katerina became very busy. And once Desta learned how to do it, uh, she became um, the person that, that knows exactly how to do it, plus the management part, the sort of the business management part, because that was her former career, is, is, is actually running, you know, big you know, number of stores and businesses and stuff like that. So she knows how that aspect works. And so when we go to conferences, we just came back from... Uh, Paula Harris's conference in Nevada, and I think we had, I don't know how many people we had, were um, like Sixto Paz, we interviewed from the famous Rama group, and he offered to let us publish, uh, transcribe all his books into into English, he's got like 20 books, and then Enrique Villanueva, and uh, then we met these two women in Salt Lake City, I lectured there, and these these two women, they just came, we had dinner, and we suddenly realized these women had all these books, and we said, okay, contact us, and we'll we'll take you through it. We're not going to do the work for you, and we'll we'll sort of help you set it up. And that became sort of a new sort of mission that um, almost everybody, we every conference, we can pick up four or five people who are trying to get a book out. And, and you know, and if they do it, and if they actually go through the work, we're not going to do the work, we will actually help them do it. So that, that's the whole idea is getting the message out. That's how I got that's started wonderful. back in the 2000s, and I just started referring yeah. everybody to create space yeah. and to put them up on Amazon because it was free, and everybody seemed to be having at least 10 books in them, and it was like I already had 40 books out there on UFOs, and people just all over the country, they're just like bombarded by UFO books, so there's a whole new genre, or old genre, 
because books have been out there since the 40s and 50s. People just didn't realize it. Now they're, it's just like we need a genre, but it's hard to get the larger publishers to cover UFO books. Yeah. Our biographies well, I, with that. So it's got to be at the conferences, I guess, that's got to have its whole pull, right. don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and go and with Create have, Space. And I just had my latest book go through a publisher. Uh, but the problem with publishers, and I point this out to people, that people think you're going to make a million bucks, and no, you're not going to make a million bucks. You may sell a few things. But my important thing is if you have, like I said, Desta, you get, you're getting these downloads every night, and you're, you're getting this material, and it's kind of interesting stuff. Uh, you should put it out for your your family, your kids, your grandkids. Uh, you should put the message out because it really doesn't cost you anything to do it, and forget about making the money. And uh, so that that was where um, I, I she did her first book, and now we we were coming back from this conference, and we were discussing all these other books that we've been offered to to help do, and it was kind of exciting. And now Dest is working on a second book, which is called The Antenna, which is going to be this important concept that uh, people are senders and receivers, and the CIA has been working on this, and, and, and uh, this is a well-known thing, is that um, people are able to tap in, whether it's mediums or psychics or channelers or whatever, it's this antenna thing that you can send and receive to uh, higher consciousness, the other side, aliens, whatever, and we're, so this is a, another book, so that's the thing, is to try to get the material out because it doesn't help you to keep it to yourself, you put it out right. for almost like putting it into the Akashic field. So it doesn't cost you anything. You put it into the field, and you may help somebody. Maybe one person will read that book that you will help their life. And, and that's the whole thing is, is to get the message out rather than keeping it to yourself. Yeah, I learned on Lulu. I'll put mine out there. So that's what we can do, right, is the books. Janet, go ahead and ask your question. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sometimes yeah. she and I will start talking at the same time. <laughs> Psychics. Let's, what go, do you do? let's go back and forth. Let's go back and forth, TJ. You ask one, then I ask one, okay? Okay, so uh, two things. I wanted to get, again, you mentioned your, your YouTube channel. Uh, what was that called again? Because I would put that mm-hmm. on your page so they made yeah, it's White House, your, White House UFO, all one word. Okay, let me let me pull that up here. And, White um, House UFO, that, yeah, .com or dot .org? No, no that's the YouTube channel. I'm just, yeah, so you just yeah, you Google search YouTube yeah. and White House UFO, and Desta runs all that. Uh, we, we do a lot of interviews. of, of um, We're doing a lot of these Zendra things, the portal uh, interviews that she helped me do. We travel around America. We did some very, very unique stuff you're not going to see anywhere else. We did these interviews. So we put this stuff up um, there, and that's where we're sort of headed is, is there and getting people to record their story because there's so many experiencers who have a story, and um, it doesn't help them to keep it to themselves. That's Live why I'd streaming. like to get them on our sh- show. Yeah, I'd like to get them on our show, uh, Grant, to get their stories and they can – Come on and use their name or just uh, be anonymous if they aren't comfortable with their yeah. name or use a pseudonym, yeah. whatever, because the important thing is getting the stories out there because yeah. a picture emerges about what's really going on. Um, so, yeah, I, have to, I definitely have to get my story out there. I did. I remember when I did mine a few years back, I was kind of afraid to say the whole thing. So it's kind of a censored version of reality because back then there wasn't that many people really coming out with their stories, you know. But now, uh, Grant, we've done a lot of good work, and uh, 
Richard Dolan, Peter Moon, me, you. We got all these companies out there publishing these books now. It's good. It's just getting them all the same people doing the same thing, getting all the people. And so a lot of people are out there with stories. Grant, I think the phenomenon is that so many people are doing the fact that they all have another level of existence. That's the story. Like, uh, all the people yeah. that are doing it, that where we have, there's thousands, if not millions. Yeah, and and some of the stories are so fascinating. I know Desta was sitting with me um, at the bar in Toronto, and this guy, his name is Steve Boucher, and I don't know if you've had him on your show, but um, we did yeah. him. We put him on uh, the YouTube channel. We didn't get all that many hits. We got a few thousand hits. But we didn't get that many, but I remember him telling the story. And we were sitting around, and it was just spellbinding to listen to this guy. And this is a guy who was in a rock band in 1972 in St. Catharines, Ontario, and the entire band was abducted. And he tells that story. And then he tells a story about playing at Brock University, and they, they abduct the entire audience. And I remember him sitting at this bar telling the story, and people are just sitting there. Mouths are just hanging open listening to tell the story. <laughs> so we did his story on YouTube. We interviewed him. And we put it on YouTube, but now he's been done by a TV guy in, based upon what we did. A guy in Toronto uh, filmed him again, and they got like 300,000 hits in one day. So his story has just suddenly oh, gone wonderful. viral. It's an unbelievable story. But that's the thing. is, you, If we hadn't put it out, if we hadn't done something, these people in Toronto never would have heard about this story. So that's what it is. You sort of stick these stories out, and then you let fate or the universe take control of it. Because you know, in the end, in the end of your life, you know, it's it's going to come down to what did you do with with, with the talents you had, and so it's, it's a matter <laughs> of doing something and getting something done. So, and Des is a big part of that because she's she has all the technical stuff. I don't really have to worry. That was my problem. It's same as with you, um, uh, um, Janet. Jan, Janet, that you know you you're sort of stalled. So. Uh, um, uh, Desta actually likes going to warm places, so she was actually going to go down to Florida. There's a girl in Florida because we live in the coldest major city in the world, and so when she gets offers to go and help people write, she goes down there, and that's what she's offered to do. Is she'll go to Florida with this woman's got this unbelievable story and actually help her put the book out, and she gets a holiday out of it, and the other woman gets uh, help. So that's that's kind of her her mission. So if you need your book, you just invite her to Hawaii, and she'll come there and she'll help you write your book. Desta, Desta, Ivan White, and T. Jason Gulf Breeze. So um, we'll, we'll have you, yeah, yeah, Florida. We'll get her so out of Vancouver, Winnipeg. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what you do when you live in a cold climate. You go south for the winter, and then by the time you get done on your tour helping people and pre-vacations, you go back home, and it's it's spring again. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Desta, we'll talk about that because I would. I had that. I woke with. I woke up with that this morning. I says. I said to Sasha, you know, we always do our dream analysis. I go, oh, Desta's going to come here, <laughs> and now you're saying it. So I went, wow. See, that's my download. My downloads come true so many times. It boggles my mind. I know I'm. I'm onto something because it's not like I'm a prophet. And I'm going to tell you predictions, but the, I just get stuff, and then before I know it, it's, it's. It doesn't even take a long time. It's like a shorter time be- between the download and it actualizing and manifesting. So, yeah. wow, this is It's a synchronicity thing so. where you let the universe take control and you just do what you're, you know, just keep, get your feet moving and the universe will do everything for you. 
so Desta, when you come to like uh, TJ's house or my house, how long does it take you to? What what does the person have to do first to prepare to have you come, and then how long does it take you to get from what they get done before you get there to a book? Well, um, I think <laughs> uh, we haven't really done it yet, so I, I do know how to post everything on CreateSpace, and I know how to, you know, we have a little plan of how we're doing the marketing and promoting and doing these interviews and putting them on to the YouTube channel and. Um, you know, I can help people set up websites or, or Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff, but I have, we haven't actually done this yet, so I, I know how to put out the book now because I've just gone through the create space and formatting it and, you know, how to use manuscript properly, but, um, but, there, but there's no theory yet on how exactly it's going to work in the future, but I, I do know. Let us know if we can help you. We've been doing it for 20 years, so... <laughs> We've been yeah, using we, Create Space for years and years and years. <laughs> yeah, well, it's we not just—it's it's not just doing Create Space. It's getting the person. It's like coaching, getting the person, you know, yeah. motivated to do. It's because people get writer's block. They get like, oh, I, I can't do it now. It's the holiday season. Yada yada. yada. And and having somebody um, like a pusher. I need a pusher, <laughs> not a drug yeah. pusher, but a book pusher. Do it. Go yeah. ahead, Grant. You need a life coach. That's what we do, Jan. We're life coaches. Well, yeah. you know, it's yeah. the it's the information that we're all achieving, I guess one might say, because so many of us have this story. And Grant, mine was all about the UFO experiences, but it was death and dying too. So, yeah. and it seemed to be people that I was meeting, they either wanted the out of body near death stories because, you know, that was the way Raymond Moody went, or the yep. Bud Hopkins abductee stories, you know, and there was a lot more than that. So there was the history of UFOs and, you know, the Foo Fighters and then the contact and the Steven Spielberg stories. And, you know, it's everything that got everybody moving into. It's not as crazy as people think anymore. And now the kids grew up with it. My kids had ET experiences. They had UFO sightings. They're normal. I mean, they're normal kids. They just know about it. Kids accept it now, especially here in Gulf Breeze. They say, oh, gosh, this is our normal life, you know. But we have we're between eight military bases, so it's hard to define but the yeah. the thing is what what are we supposed to do with all this knowledge it's apparently it's just another step in our existence having humanoid bodies as far as i know because not everybody has all the same experiences so what everybody's getting it, are, what are you finding in the stories that'd be more interesting with it is the correlation of the stories yeah, well, I, I think a, any of it is is still raising consciousness. So uh, you put out your books, I put out my books, Desta puts out books, and the more you put it out, the more people talk about it, the more consciousness rises, and the more people realize that this is this is the real world. This this is is legit, and and if if nobody's talking about it, then the consciousness can't rise. I think it's I don't think we're any different than any other social or political movement. So whether it's the women's right to vote, or whether it was African American rights, or gay rights, or whatever i mean they everybody sort of wants it to happen overnight that the government should just sort of throw up the white flag and give up but you got to realize that we have to you know everybody's got to do their thing everybody's got to write their books everybody's got to protest or whatever it is the same as the you know women's right to vote started in 1848 and they didn't get the right to vote until 1920 and that didn't solve anything they still don't have equal rights so it's it's a gradual process and so we have to realize that 
it's it's a part of us speaking up and and putting the story out and that that to me is the important part is that a lot of people are walking around with these stories like steve boucher for example i mean his story which has now gone viral uh we we said to him well we'll help you publish your book because he said he was working on it and that's the thing is most people will sort of stall out like janet talks about is that they sort of uh, they really don't know how to do it they don't know what to do they don't know how to publicize it we we actually have you know we worked on a sort of a podcast list that could go into hundreds so we can actually put out a, a sort of a news release to hundreds of people on all these podcasts like janet's and, and all these different shows where people are looking for these type of guests but if you have to do this all yourself and figure out how to publish it and how to manage it and and how to advertise your book and stuff like that most people just give up because it's just not their field and so that was where Desta came in very skilled at being able to do all this kind of stuff like for me I mean uh, if, it, if it weren't for her there would be no YouTube page there would be no uh, big Facebook page there would be none of that stuff because she basically knows how this thing works and I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff so if you're an author uh, you want to work on telling the story and you have these people who are able to uh, make it make it happen and, and get the story out there most people will just give up because they don't have all the skills that are necessary to go through all the steps because there's a lot of steps and it's actually very simple once you see the steps, but until you've gone through it. Cause, so Desta and I have put out a couple of books uh, you know, from various people, and we know uh, that it gets easier every time you put out a book. And we can actually do it very quickly, but we're not going to do everything. People have to write stuff to write the book, and they have to, you know, uh, we can help you know, edit and do all this kind of stuff. Or, but people, pe- people will find any excuse they can to sort of shut it down and not do it. So people are walking around with the music in them, and, and they'll never sing their song. Right. Well, let's get to some meat of the subject, because I'm sure people are bored with our book, uh, all of us being book authors and writers. Let's talk about some good stuff, okay? Grant, you are one of the most famous people getting more famous in the business. You're going to have a name like Richard Dolan, Stanton Friedman. I don't know, George Filer. He already does. He already does. Well, I would think so. But, you know, the Tom DeLong story is is overshadowing everything. So uh, I didn't know you were coming on tonight, but I keep hearing Tom DeLong, Tom DeLong, Tom DeLong with Grant Cameron. So now this is a guy with his own UFO story with millions of dollars to spend. So how is the how is Grant Cameron? Are you talking to Tom DeLong or because everybody knows it's YouTube viral and you get so many and then you may get your own reality show. That's the, the standard procedure, folks. If you don't know, is you get out there on social media, you start making a name for yourself, you get all the hits, and then all of a sudden you're discovered with your own reality show. So that's the big thing. But Tom DeLong apparently has his own UFO story and the money to back it up to do whatever he wants. Now, Grant, how does you how do what do you think of this Tom DeLonge flash going around? He's very viral. <laughs> okay, well, um, I published a book about him, and and what happened was, and Desta's worked on all this. So, uh, we're, we're putting on White House UFO uh, YouTube now is the Tom DeLonge stuff. We're uh, we just did an update that I think was like four thousand hits or something. We put it up yesterday or the day before or something. It sort of took a lot of hits because it it. Basically, when Tom DeLong came forward, I said, I've seen this before. I've seen this many times before. I was in the 1980s with Bill Moore, when Bill Moore was the Tom DeLong of the 1980s, when he had all now, the... No, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. i got to stop you, because yeah. people may not know who Bill Moore is. And personally, I know him on the inside, because I was a government 
investigator. Remember, yeah. or do you know my story? I, so I don't Bill know your, Moore, Bill as far as okay, go ahead. Oh, well, let's tell people your uh, your your story on who Bill Moore is because you're tying it in with Tom DeLong. So now I've got to do this because I'm infatuated with you and your work. Yeah. So please, what does okay, your Bill so, Moore think? Okay, so basically, what happened is in in the 1980s. Um, I was studying the Canadian government, and the Canadian government had been told by the American officials that UFOs were real. It's the most highly classified subject in the United States. We tried to find out where that material was coming from. It was coming from a guy, former president of Penn State University, who was Dr. Eric Walker. He had 14 doctorate degrees, chairman of the board of the Institute for Defense Analysis, super high-level guy who basically said, yes, I know about MJ-12. I've known him for 40 years. Leave it alone. There's nothing you can do. it. You're up against the windmills unless you have the mind of Einstein. You're wasting your time. And we, we did this book on this guy. We chased this guy for eight, eight years, a bunch of people, and that's when I met Bill Moore. So I told Bill Moore we got this high-level guy. Bill said, I don't really believe, I'm, I'm not, I don't really agree that he's as high-level as you say he is, but I'll help you out. And what he does is he sends in one of what he called the birds. He had all these contacts. So Tom DeLong has got uh, probably 15. Now you're contacts. talking about the avions, are you not? The, the original the intelligence. That's, yeah, that's what Bill See, called Janet them. So doesn't, he, I don't think Janet's aware of all this. So yeah. these are people that are in the business, but they're not as old as you and I, Graham. I mean, Janet was there, but she was right. doing Pennsylvania in movies and Star Trek and was infatuated with that. But she wasn't doing <laughs> intelligence background. And apparently yeah. you were oh. uh, you were working for Canada as an investigator or a UFO investigator? Well, a UFO well, investigator. Let's, let's I was, yeah. I was investigating what the Canadian government was doing. Yeah, I was doing what the yes. Canadian government was doing because I wanted to find an answer. I figured someone had to know what – I'd seen these sightings in 1975, and I figured the government – somebody had to know. So I went to the Canadian government and tried to figure out what the Canadian government knew. And that led me to the president of Penn State University, and that was when Bill Moore, who had this Avery. So he had all these high-level people who were contacting him from the government. That's the important part, that people think Tom DeLong put these people together. No, Tom DeLong didn't put these people together. He was contacted, and he was sent – uh, he was sent to Lockheed Skunk Works, and then Lockheed Skunk Works sent him to the CIA. The CIA sent him to NASA. NASA sent him to the West Coast, and he uh, was all these generals. And they set it up for him, almost like Bill Murray. All these people coming to him and saying, we want to help you. You know what's going on. We want to you know, get the story out. And so they become like the, I call them the puppets or like the messiahs. They think that they're here for disclosure and they start getting fed by, by inside government people. So Bill Moore had 24 inside government people who were feeding him material. Same as Tom DeLong has maybe 20 people who are feeding him. Stephen Greer claims 540 people are, are feeding him. So you have all these people and I call them the messiahs or the puppets. And the, 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 the government wants to get out the story so they indirectly leak this material, surrounded by disinformation and stuff. So Bill Moore actually sends in a guy by the name of one of the birds. His name was the Blue Jay. He was Dr. Kit Green, who was the CIA guy who ran the UFO Weird Desk from 69 to 83. So Bill Moore, that's when I got to know Bill Moore. He said, I don't believe you, but I'm going to send in my friend to talk to Dr. Eric Walker. And he sends in this ex-CIA guy. And Walker throws him out of the office. So that's how I got to know Bill Moore. So when when Tom DeLong comes along, I go, well, I've seen this before. This is what happened to Bill Moore. It's the same thing. The government contacts him, gives him all this sort of stuff, and they're leaking the story. So I that's when I decided I would write a book, and I called it Managing Magic. 
And it book goes from 1947. I talk about Kenneth Arnold being contacted by the Air Force and shown UFO photographs and assured that these were real photographs. And they've been leaking this stuff to Walt Disney and, and Bob Emenager and also to producers and stuff. They've been leaking this story. And so I went through the book and I say, you think Tom DeLonge is new? It happened here, it happened here, it happened here. And I go back to 1947 and it happened like 50 times to different people. And then the other thing I wanted to counter was Tom DeLonge has this idea that the aliens are all evil and we need to use nuclear weapons and we need to kill them all. And I said, well, I mean, I may be a small fish in the pond. Nobody will ever read what I'm going to write, but I'm going to write the opposite to the, to the evil alien story. So that's why I wrote the book about Tom DeLonge. But Tom DeLonge is important because he's being fed by the government, is trying to get out a story, and he's being used. He's being used. He managed the story, and they're putting it through him because he has the access to young people. That's the same idea that Destin and I have with, with the book thing, that, that there's a, you want to get the message out, so how is the best way to get the message out? And Tom DeLonge is, again, he's an expert at, at Instagram, Facebook. He, when he tweets, 15,000 people retweet or 20,000 people retweet. And so the government knows he's a major your figure and if you want to get the message to the young people you can't don't go through me you don't go through janet you go through tom delong because he's got access to these people he knows how the system works and so that's the whole tom delong story so i've written about him and I, I had a source inside Tom DeLonge's operation, and, and Desta knows who this is, because Desta worked on all this stuff with me, and uh, we, we knew that he was who these guys were, we heard the whole story, what he was going to do, so there was really nothing surprising that Tom DeLonge did that we didn't know, because we knew on the inside, we had a very close source that Tom DeLonge was, was uh, dealing with, and so we know this Jim Semivan, the, the CIA guy that's running the operation. We'd heard about him long before he got involved with Tom DeLong. And that's basically the Tom DeLong story. And we've basically tried to put that stuff on the YouTube channel and educate people to the other side of the Tom DeLong story as to what really is going on there. Well, if you I went back to, to Kenneth interject. Arnold. Yeah, go ahead, Janet. I, while you're talking about Dr. Eric Walker, I just wanted to say this. There's two two things that were key into my story. I worked at Penn State University, and I was given a package to deliver to Dr. Eric Walker, who was a wow. professor emeritus at the time. He wasn't yeah. there, but I was in his office. I had just talked to MUFON about my story. And the uh, fellow, I, was, I, I don't know his name, he was going on and on and on about Professor Eric Walker being part, the secretary, recording secretary for MJ-12. And so I had the Penn State UFO discussion group. I pulled in Linda Moulton Howe. She was our only presenter. I had about 600 people there. It was my first event. It was a huge success, not monetarily, but just by attendance. And she told me that she was taken out to one of the places out in the West and showed the hologram of Jesus being crucified. And they told her that they want her to be the one to release all this information to the world. So this has been going on a long time. I don't know if you have Linda Howe in your story there, but she was one of them. Yeah, Linda was contacted. Linda well, that's the same thing. That's the thing. She was contacted by Doty, and Doty's now back on the scene. Richard Doty, who was, uh, uh -huh. you know, at Kirkland Air Force Base, he's back. He's he's supposed to be doing coast to coast. He was just on Linda's show. He's claiming to have read a 150-page document on on Reynolds from Forrest. And it's a, it's the same story all the time. It's they're leaking this stuff, but it's all plausible deniability. You're never going to be able to prove. That, that Richard Doty's telling the truth or that, you know, that uh, Tom DeLong stuff is true. They want it to bounce around. They want people to, to see this kind of stuff. 
the same as I believe the aliens are doing the same thing. The aliens are not doing disclosure. If they want disclosure, they'd land on the White House lawn and tell us what's going on. They're doing the gradual well, disclosure as well. I had some wonderful things happening, including a copy of the original MJ-12 appear on my dresser and wow. uh, told Stanton Friedman about it. But Stanton knows a lot of stuff, but I asked him not to share it. But he had, uh, yeah, and then Stanton, the last time Janet talked to Stanton, he didn't even remember my name. And we used wow. to talk right. regularly for hours on the phone. And, well, what, you know, he how sent did me you a, get this, how did you get this uh, MJ-12 thing on your, on your desk? I'm stuck I think there. my what husband had it. I think my husband had got oh. it while he was working at the Pentagon. Well, he, he got, remember when he was working for Reagan, President Reagan? Right, yeah. And mm-hmm. he got the original copy and uh, out of the Pentagon. He had he had to get clearance from Reagan because they wouldn't let him down there. Because even though he had a you know royal clearance sixteen, I think it took at least a thirty two. The president, I don't think, even had a high enough that he could sign for him to get what he wanted on this UFO investigation that we were on. Mm-hmm. But I was mm-hmm. doing the psychic work, and the you know me and Tom went to you know Janet our story so. Uh, well, I'm, I don't think Graham knows our story. I don't think Graham's no, read any of our books Grant, or knows anything. Grant. Yeah, most of the time, Grant, Grant doesn't Grant, know my Grant, story yeah. or read any of my books. Yeah, I don't think right, he knows who right. I am. No, I, so I, I, there's a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah there's a whole it, bunch of pieces Graham missing. Yeah, that, that's yes. that's the interesting thing. I'll have to look that up because that's. Um, I try to get out of the disclosure thing because it's always kind of grim. I, I like to get into the consciousness thing and that sort of thing. Is I always keep getting dragged back into this thing. In fact, Desta and I were in a meeting at Laughlin um, with there were six people in the meeting, and uh, I was approached, and this was this this was taped. Um, some of it they're going to release, some of it they're not going to release. Uh, but we came up with a major researcher that everybody will know. We can't identify this person yet, but um, contacted me and said, I've been doing the same research as you for 25 years, and I was given 80 pages of material, and Desta's read the material. She was in the room while we were doing this taping, and it was unbelievable. All these people who were working for the government, and high-level UFO people and stuff, and I said, well, are we going to go on the record with this? And, well, we don't know yet, and stuff like this. And uh, these people that are confirmed, and it was the idea that she, this person was told, um, we're here to spin the story, and when the story gets uh, close to classified material, we're to move it away from the classified material. So Destin was a part of this, and, that, and so I get dragged back into it again. So now I'm going to have to do some sort of new book on if this person is willing to come forward and because I've got some of the material that they needed and they've got some of the material I needed and we've got the same story almost like you're repeating the same story again that you've got part of the story as well but the thing is it's such a grim stuff when you get into disclosure stuff about well I had stuff left for me I had books left for me I had people pushing me on the inside of the government and then when those uh, those papers appeared I was like, oh, my God. I mean, there were the original inks, original typewriter. It wasn't the Xerox copy. It was the original red ink, black ink, the old type. Just like I've seen a copy that somebody had, and I asked my husband about it. And, see, my husband and I were working on all this, but we had high – well, you can't get any higher than the president, I thought. but. That's a whole other story, but my, I haven't shared a lot of that. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's, that's the other reason. Saying, 
Wait, let's just yes. do one at a time. I just want to say, uh, and then we'll pa let's pass our talking stick. Let's go back to our talking stick because we're all excited. Okay. Just because <laughs> you're, you're confusing all the listeners. I'll just kind of give a little quick. Uh, TJ worked on uh, the Secret Space Program, and she was on a command ship, which has a million people personnel right outside of uh, Mars. She was the commander. She was, when she was on board, she was the commander. You have people that fly ships. TJ was the commander. Everybody, yeah. and then and then she rotated with her with her husband Thomas. Um, Thomas Morris worked for Reagan and TJ. I think he worked there at the same time. Uh, and he was like um, Reagan's personal person that that got into Area Fifty One and called him every night at midnight and said, "Here's what's going on." So this is a piece of story that nobody has. And we were I was trying to get people to interview uh, Thomas Morris before he passed. He died two two three years ago now. And he had all this information, and I tried to get uh, Carrie Cassidy over there, and it didn't work. So that went to, to the grave. But, uh, Tina, you don't have this paperwork anymore because, uh, long story short, she was kind of ousted from where she was living for 20 years with him and had to make her way to Florida. So she left with just a few things in her car, and everything's pretty much gone. So you don't, all your evidence is gone. So now you're just down to the story. But And I was yeah, talking to her well. day that, Got That's all we really, any of us have, but you're right. I'd love to have my hands and all. I had a lot of papers ruined that they took out of my uh, warehouse. I had like my own mini warehouse because I came into the government wanting the story because I'd been abducted and I'd been working with these, my family. I called them off planet. So I was inducted into that family and this family. So to me, I was going out and I, if I wanted to make it happen, I went to White Sands and Went to White Sands, and then they started calling me the little girl, Lally Clark, you know, the on the, uh, the, the show that Steven Spielberg, I had a company taken. out there. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Taken. But uh, that's that's when I go to, you guys should look at the Mid-South Contour in Memphis, but I'm not going to go back there because that's for authors and all that. It's really huge in Memphis. But they do all the books. But for me, my connection was I wanted to find out like you are, Graham, because I was I was talking yeah. to all the big shots. And so they all knew who I was, but they were nobody. Every time I'd get close to somebody, uh, they would be shut down. Even Alfred Lambert Weber got shut down. And Janet can tell you, he put me out there, didn't he, Janet? But it lasted, what, six, seven, had thousands of hits. And the, uh, the well, government pulled him. He, it got too complicated. So people yeah. tell him to shut me down. So I'm still alive, but everybody that was working with me is dead. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm one of the last ones, and I'm serious. So I don't know if, if I get to get my Mac part out before I die or not. I'm going to be one of the – and I was one of the babies because I'm only 60. I'll be 66, Graham. How old are you? Uh, 63. So you're only three years younger than me, or two years. Yeah. I was born the day after Christmas. They, the, the, My extraterrestrial family even gave me the date of 1226. Are you familiar with that date? No, no. You should be. It's very famous. What is Not it just for the tsunami. Oh, the... Uh, well, why is 1226? I, I like everybody to go find out for themselves. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I am a, I'm a walking, talking part of the entire process. Even Steven Spielberg knew that. <laughs> 
So the big people have known, and I don't understand at my level, you know, that's why, Graham, I didn't know you'd written this book. Yeah. How would I know you wrote this book on Tom DeLonge? So I don't know, uh, but I know that my guides, my connection, my my people, and they're good, by the way, they're we have uh, we know about the other faction. We work with the researchers that come and go to the planet. You know, I've been working with the ones that look just like us my entire life, mm-hmm. and everybody in the secret business knew that, but they just never would disclose it. And whenever they would talk about me, the government would shut them down. So I don't even know if this radio show will get to be out there, but they've been letting me play with Janet for four years, since 2012, when we told them what we were going to do. But they shut me and Tom down when we went out to uh, Roswell. for the. Uh, we were supposed to uh, make full government world disclosure, 87, 97, 2007, and 2017. But Tom died in 2015. Mm-hmm. So... We were supposed to be there, and everybody that was anybody that was on the inside circle of ufology and alienology and phenomenology, the first, the three big words in the business, they, uh, they're the only ones that knew. And, uh, you know, I, I offered to go to Washington because Tom and I, we used to go to Washington all the time, but they wouldn't let us. And they sure didn't want us at that big thing that uh, Stephen Greer was it and Stanton and Richard did. Remember oh, yeah, the, the thing, sis, uh, sis, sis the, hearing? Yeah, <laughs> there's no way they were going to let us testify. But, yeah. yeah, we could have stood up there and said, guess what, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I, what I thought was there was too much money in it. We were making it a huge industry. So there was that side with movie, entertainment, government, politics, religion. And then on the other flip side was all the people were coming out with their next level of consciousness, the awakening, as we called it. And so yeah. we were working on the ascension and the, the actual taking people to the next DNA level. So, And now my daughter's part of the new DNA program. We were, I was working with the Nordics and the hospitals and all that. So I got some training out of the UFO business. But the fact was they wouldn't let all the information out. So I think now it's, it's out there so much that everybody just has to pit, figure out. Now there's so much disinformation out there and so much channeled information out there that people don't know the difference. Yeah. So they don't know which ones are real, which ones aren't. And so what I've learned is when I was working with all this for all the years that I've given my life to, is there were at least a minimum of two factions, on boots on the ground, a minimum of two factions. So that's the minimum now. Remember, the key word is minimum. (laughs) So there's probably a lot deeper, uh, deeper, deep space or disclosure and the men in black and all the things that we know about that they put in the movies. And then there's the reality. And so all the fiction and all the stories and the channeling, any of it that's disinformation, it was just like the aviary. And the aviary put out some disinformation, you're right. There was the the true, clear, classified, and then there was the disinformation story. And what happened is it got so prevalent that people started believing the myths were the reality. Does that make sense to you, Graham? You've been tracking this how long? So you know, so you should be like me. You and I should be out there 
combing all these these worlds and all these beings so they're going to know do i want to go to the make-believe fictitious world over here or do i want to go to the virtual reality world or do i want to go to the reality that we are creating together so that's the oldest story in the book the the duality and i think that that's yours and and deidre is that it deidre is that you guys are that's what I get, okay, is, is the feeling that it's more than just doing the books because the books are going to be here and gone quick because we're all into the 15 minutes of fame on YouTube. You know, the whole world's doing that. You get so many hits and you get on a virtual reality because there's so many television shows out there. How many stations we got on my Roco? I've got minimum of 500 stations, and they're hungry. They're hungry for visual. So it's like it's in hyper-warp speed, Graham. So the time to long is going to be a, a quick hit and gone. So we've got to be out on the cutting edge. And that's helping the people get to the cutting edge. Now, Graham, I was told you were out there looking for the cutting edge. You were above Tom DeLong. Is that true? Well, no, I wasn't above Tom DeLong. Uh, he's, he's sort of a Johnny come lately. I, I've just done it for so many years. I mean, I was. I, for example, with with the what they call the UFO Working Group, John Alexander's uh, Advanced Physics Theoretical Working Group, I obtained all the documents there. I exposed that, and uh, when the NIDS thing came along, when Bigelow was doing with all the Avery joined the NIDS, uh, I had a contact inside NIDS. Ooh. So it's all these years I've been in this thing. I've I've just followed hold, this. Hold that thought. Same. Hold that yep. thought, Grant. We have to take a commercial break. We'll be back in five minutes. Uh, back with Brent Cameron. Yeah. Uh, Please, me. Keep that yeah. thought, Graham. We, we okay. need it. And I, okay. Hold it. Things were not quite right, that everything was just ever so slightly askew. Do you have, to paraphrase Morpheus, a splinter in your mind? If you're interested in hearing the latest information about UFOs, the paranormal, ancient cultures and structures, monatomic elements, longevity, fantastic discoveries in science, download it to your brain, then tune in to us. Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Mackie. And we are Shiny Side Out, Sundays, 2 to 4 a.m. Eastern. See you then. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. Join me weekdays for my new show, Tell Chris Joe. It's going to be a problem show brought to you live from Kensington. Thursdays, I'm dealing with hot topics, heated debate, what's new around the world, and ring-ins to discuss listeners' problems and offering considered and heartfelt solutions. So join me, Chris Hart, for Tell Chris Joe. Stop what you're doing, grab a cup of tea, and coming live from Kensington. Relax, let me entertain you with a coffee bar 
online listeners' very personal problems. So that's Thursdays, 2 p.m. in the afternoon, Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. See you there. It's going to be lots of fun. data safe? Do you have the necessary information to assist you in confidently living through just about any survival situation? Is survival and gardening, off-grid living, medical knowledge, or even natural or man-made EMPs on your list of personal concerns? Do you have your documents and your personal information in a safe place in your hands where you know where it is? Well, check out our preloaded EMP-proof thumb drive. Over 3 gigs of survival documents and how-tos, plus the USDA offline food preservation website, and much, much more, including a surprise bonus we just can't tell you about here. With plenty of room left over to store your most important documents. Imagine if a mega virus or a computer failure took out your bank, or all the banks for that matter. Are your banking records safe in your hands so when they get things fixed and repaired, you can say, hey, look, this is what I had. You have it. I want it back. Is your personal data safe? Family records, addresses, phone numbers? We'll squeeze on over to freedomslips.com. Yes, that's www.freedomslips.com. Click the banner on the homepage for the EMP proof bullet drive to get the full scoop of everything that we offer. So, folks, keep your data safe for your peace of mind. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us, we're already here. Looking for a nightcap to fill your listening needs? Come join us on Spaced Out Radio with me, Dave Scott, right here on Revolution Radio. Monday through Friday for three hours a night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, we will take you down the supernatural path. From ET contact to the paranormal and all of the spiritual, cryptid, and conspiracy stories in between, you can find us right here on Revolution Radio at spacedoutradio.com, on Twitter at spacedoutradio, and on Facebook at spacedoutradio show. Spaced Out Radio, it's a night of talk and interaction. Are you experienced? The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Janet, do you want me to do the honors? Yes, go ahead. Well, you usually do. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Back to this is the Ascension Center, and we are about the higher levels of existence, including your own ascension. And we have Janet Carolesson of Maui, Hawaii, Thomas Becker, also known as a med painter, a producer from Georgia. And Teresa J. Morris, that's me, also known as T.J. Morris, and I am in Gulf Breeze, Florida. So we welcome everybody. We've got some wonderful people here 
And uh, I don't know if I should say famous or infamous. It's up to Graham Hancock because he is so well-known in the business that I've been in, that is in the investigation business most of my life, as a private investigator, legal investigator, government investigator. And uh, I have written a few books that we had to put out half fiction and half truth, based on truth. And I think we're just going to get to a man that may be able to put some pieces together and make the world a better place. But first of all, let me mention that Thomas Becker has a show, uh, actually two shows, and we're going to talk about the uh, support we need for Janet Ahmed and myself here with Revolution Radio. We are the number one listener-supported radio network in the world. So, Ahmed Painter, you have two. We have one, Ahmed Look at Reality and Open Canvas. You want to tell us when and where? Uh, Open Canvas is Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard on Studio A, and uh, Mad Look at Reality is 11 to 3 Sunday mornings, and it's a call-in talk show. Uh, our month... Monthly gold uh, is 2575 and we've raised 2104 and we've only got a couple of days to go, and we still need close to $500. So Okay, so donate. we need $500. All right. Uh, folks, on the Support Us button, on Freedom's Lips, if you will, our Freedom's Lips, L-I-P-S, Dot com. Go to support us if you can hear me on your smartphone. And if you will, plug us in 15, 25, 50, 100. If you can spare, uh, you know, your small change, a few thousand, we'll take it. But, you know, we'll take the hundreds. And, uh, you know, I know it's Christmas, but, you know, if you can keep us out there, we really appreciate it because the goal is to keep us out there going more places faster and out there more than any other station in the world. That's why we're here, is to get you the information you may not get anywhere else. So, please, Janet Carolesson, to support us, you've got the Ascension Center here, and you've also you've got the Sacred Matrix, and then I've got the Cosmos Connection. Janet, when are your shows? Oh. Take yourself off mute. <laughs> okay, well, I'll announce I'm talking away, and I'm on mute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Sundays, uh, sorry about that. Sundays, eight to ten Eastern on Revolution Radio, and um, our guest tomorrow is Eagleheart. Eagleheart is an Anunnaki researcher, but he identifies as Tot Nigashita. There's a whole bunch of experiencer contactees, uh, people that uh, remember they were incarnated in other various extraterrestrial forms, and they're coming in. They're telling their stories about. Yes, I was so-and-so, and I was a gray, and I was a this, and I was a that. So that's another level of contact that we're having is people remembering who they were in their previous, previous or, other words, um, maybe they're simultaneous. That's what we're getting is that we're simultaneously incarnating in many different forms on many vibratory levels and frequencies and dimensions, and that time is an illusion of the three-dimension physicality. So that's what we're going to go into tomorrow. So... Are you done? Or did you tell them about your show, Cosmos Connections, on Saturdays? Go ahead, TJ. Cosmos Connection, folks. We started right here with Revolution Radio. Janet Carolessa and I started in 2012 with Stanton Friedman and some wonderful people starting Stargate to the Cosmos. And we did the MUFON commercials on Blog Talk Radio. Now we're here doing the 
Ascension Center, and it's Janet Carlesson and Teresa J. Morris. And Ahmed Painter has stuck with us because it's too hard to do all the buttons and all the connecting. And as you can see, when we started with Skype, there's all kind of ways to do this. And this station has figured out the best most profitable way to make sure that the people get the news and we still need you to support us on freedomslips.com. That's Mike Ringley, who was the visionary and put this all together. So now we have Studio A, Studio B, and the three of us doing our part to be here now. And uh, let's see, who used to be here? Carrie Cassidy and Sean David Morton were a couple, and they have since gone on to their own other parts of their lives. But we're here now talking about <laughs> the Ascension Center, how we're getting to the other places place in space because we all know we come here, we're born, we live, we die. And some people like me that's had out-of-body near-death experiences, died twice and been to the other side, tell you that, yes, there is another place in space and maybe we're already there, like Janet said, maybe we're not. It's up to you to decide with your own discernment. However, we are starting to put the pieces together and realize that time is not just reincarnation, it's instantaneous, and we're probably going to start talking about AI and the soul and the difference and variation. Are we all just all thought? And we're more than consciousness. We now know that. Listen to your TED Talks. We're more than consciousness. So what we're talking now about is a very interesting level of putting together those things that some people can see and feel and touch and others cannot, but is it all the same? Is it like tangible and intangible? And we have Graham Hancock, and I didn't catch Deidre's last name. Deidre? Let me me correct you, TJ. It's Grant, G-R-A-N-T, Grant Cameron, and um, it's Desta. Desta Desta, do you have a last name? (laughs) D-A-R-N-A-B-E. I'd like to hear from Desta because she's kind of got lost in all the the, uh, the noise that we're talking about. Yeah, it's and exciting to put all this rant. together. Yeah, maybe she's <laughs> talking about the UFO ascension. story. Yeah, or oh, yeah, UFO story and ascension. Desta knows a little bit about ascension topics, so but her she can tell you her UFO story. It's kind of bizarre. But Janet, ahead, remember yes, you said Grant to hold that thought. So people are waiting on the edge of their seat on Grant's I, story. I too. forgot what it was, though. So <laughs> I forgot, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, Deandra. We'll, we'll get back to the Bill Moore Tom DeLong connection with Grant Cameron in his next book. Your turn, okay, Miss Dandra. Desta. No. I'll get the center well, later. Desta. Maybe it's like Desta in Florida. <laughs> Desta. Desta. What? Florida yes. Go ahead, Desta. Take it away. Um, the UFO story or which story? Whatever you want to talk about. You've got the talking stick. Um, Paying attention. I, well, I guess I had, um, uh, an experience in 2012 in the summer and I had, um, I guess five different days I was out walking at, in the middle of the night at, you know, one in the morning or something like that and, um, saw... A bunch of different things each night, but um, the the biggest one, I guess, or the the one that impacted me the most was the um, was a light, I guess, that um, I recognized as not being a regular plane light, and um, and for some strange reason, as I noticed that it was really not a plane, it must have been something else. I kind of, in my mind, asked it to come to me, like. I was bringing it, if you're really something else and you're not a plane, like come here, come here kind of 
And um, and it, as soon as I thought that, it turned. Uh, I did a 90-degree turn and started heading um, right towards me. And, and it eventually came and stopped maybe 50 feet away from me and um, just sat there and wasn't moving. And I eventually, I guess, kind of got scared and, and wondered why I was out by myself in the middle of the night and didn't know what was going to happen. And so I ran... Um, I got scared and I ran away and it was just a couple steps after I started running that I guess I realized I just was heartbroken and started bawling and thought that I made the biggest mistake of my life by choosing to be afraid of it and um, turned around and started chasing it and I uh, chased it till it till I was at the edge of the city where I live here and watched it, you know, these two things that broke apart into two different ships I guess and um, and watch them slowly go the opposite direction again into the distance wow so that yeah so that was I guess I had there was five nights after that four nights after that and uh, I was out every night at the same time and saw all sorts of different orbs and lights in people's yards and I was trying to get closer to the objects and they were like bouncing golden orbs that were like literally going up and down in each person's yard and um yeah and it just seemed like there was so much stuff happening I was so surprised that I encountered a few people while I was out and you know said to each person like wow are you looking and seeing what's happening out here in the skies did you see this you know big ball of light over the pond over here and and nobody really paid any attention or commented or, or said anything um, of course it was the middle of the night but I was surprised that it didn't seem like anyone was up or around or paying attention or listening or, or anything and uh, yeah so that's basically the story Wow what about the, the um, your, your channel what, what's your book about yeah, the book is, um, I started um, channeling not that long ago, a couple of years ago, but um, I had been this year um, kind of changing the way that I was doing it and writing everything down and, um, and it started, I started doing it in the middle of the night when I was just you know, in and out of sleeping and I don't sleep very well. So I'd be awake for an hour or two in the middle of the night all the time. So I started, you know, meditating and, and getting into the state and asking some questions and getting some answers. And I didn't really know who I was talking to. And it kind of led to writing everything down, actually um, getting the messages, I guess, and, and writing it down as I was getting them. And that kind of progressed to typing everything out. So I was, I sit at my typewriter, like at the, at the, my laptop every night and, and meditate and get messages. And I was just typing them out and I happened to show them to Grant and send him a couple. And he um, convinced me to put them in this book and that I could put it out for free and get the message out. And so I learned how to do it. And, and it just really came out maybe two weeks ago, a week and a half, two weeks ago. So, yeah. Wow. And then we went, we went through the whole process of Dest has done a lot of training in hypnosis and um, the channeling courses and a lot on health and stuff like that. So we've gone into um, trying to figure out this whole thing about the antenna, about 
being able to make contact about getting outside yourself and and Desta actually at one point and she can describe they, they actually showed her how to do it she was having a hard tr- time and then they actually sort of said this is how you do it and then she knew how it felt after that so we we've gotten into this thing of trying to move down that road as to explaining how the process actually works and that's where you get the situation where the Avery like uh, uh, Kit Green and Gary Nolan the guy who analyzed the the, the, the little six inch being for uh, Stephen Greer at Stanford University are actually doing uh, work now with experiencers and with highly psychic people in which they're doing the uh, brain patterns and, and the DNA and all that kind of stuff and they have determined that there is actually and they use the word antenna there's a, a certain brain pattern where people are senders and receivers, and it's like the Mozart effect that there are some people who have um, taken piano lessons, and then there's Mozart. And and so Desta had learned this through a, a number of different uh, courses and techniques of how to actually do this. And and then at one point when she was having trouble, they actually showed her. So that's why she was so of uh, so much interest to me. Is I believe this this uh, you know you can either try to rationalize it, figure it out you know, added, subtract, and all this sort of stuff, or you can tap into the, the computer. You can hack into the computer, whether it's through near-death experience, psychedelics, uh, you know, meditation, whatever you're doing, and tap into the field where all the information is. Well, I, I tapped in somehow. I, I found out how to tap in. <laughs> it was through uh, Tantra. And it's a it's a weird thing, but it, when you do uh, tantra, you wake up your kundalini and you start um, accessing that orgiastic energy. You actually break through all of your blocks in your chakras, and then it keeps going out your crown chakra, and then you keep going. And once you're up above your, uh, you know, out of your body, uh, but you're you're still like attached to it. You're not you're not unconscious. You're not doing it at night. You're doing it consciously. Uh, you send out, I, I sent out uh, hailing like signals going, okay, anybody out there, anybody out there? And then invited them in uh, to make contact. And then I, I sorted through who I wanted to talk to first, kind of based on their energy. It was an appropriate energy for me. Some was like in the dark side, didn't want to talk to them. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll pick you. And I started getting all these different stories coming through. I, I encountered the library ship, which goes from planet to planet and gathers information. And takes on passengers and lets them off. All kinds of interesting people uh, are out there. The, the galaxy, the universe is full, full of life. Um, all kinds. I, I encountered a giant uh, dragon in space. And then later, I encountered the dragon underneath the Earth on Johnson Atoll. So, I definitely have experienced it. Now that I've opened up my hailing frequencies, um, the antennas open. I just about nightly. I have. Um, downloads happening all the time and I do what I can to record them uh, like you said Grant getting the story out there <laughs> not just having it in your own head but getting it out there is so important and sometimes I feel like I'm an information overload but just sorting it down to a human level and saying okay this is all I can handle and I'm going to get this part down and as I write since my hailing frequencies are open and the antenna is going I download when I when I start writing, um, you know, normally if you have like a um, a screen memory or, or a, a, the surface of a of a memory, and if you start writing when you have this uh, these hailing frequencies open, 
you're you're like accessing the Akashic records and you're going to your story and you're you're getting the details that you wouldn't have unless you would do hypnosis with somebody who was highly trained. So that's my experience. Yeah, and that's basically what what Desta's doing. So I, mean, I think Desta can describe. I think she's still doing this nightly, where she has a, a process that she learned, and you you have a different process, but it's it's basically the same thing. It's that's um, why where I say that the the CIA doesn't call it UFOs; they call it phenomenology. And it's all the same thing. It's yeah. remote viewing, psychic phenomena. It's all the same the same stuff, and you're just using a different technique to access the same field, the same information. Yes. Okay, so Grant. Well, um, I was going to say they. Go ahead. Go ahead. They called that. Uh, they'll say in the intelligence world when they were training psychics, and the they they actually used the various frequencies, alpha two, theta one, but uh, they didn't use to train people except in uh, certain cases for the memory lessons and the deeper trances of the theta two. But, you know, we got to where we called it in the medicine, our medical field, beta, alpha, theta, delta, gamma. But now they know it's so prevalent that uh, they're letting people work with their super conscious. So I was teaching lessons in Hawaii in the uh, late 80s. And the government and the men in black would come stand when we had the psychic network over there. So that's sort of how Janet and I got involved, was over the psychic work, and Janet was brought over there in 93. But uh, that's how long people have been channeling and doing that type of people. They don't understand it's themselves or higher consciousness or, like you said, the Kashic field or in uh, physics and science, we may call it the A field or the other level of existence. So there's all these names for you know, your incarnate beings and attunement. But folks, don't get uh, thrown by the words. It's still evolutionary, educational, and vibrational. You know, don't get lost in the woo-woo or the words, because we're all talking about going to a level of existence that will benefit everybody And, and once we stop our self-limitations. But there's some people that throw in the defense mechanisms, and we're trying to get past that and have fun with all this. So go ahead, Janet. Back to you. So you know, there's there's some there's some knowledge here, and there's there's a, a reason the four of us are together because it's going to bring in a higher frequency once we all start master teaching this. For the, do you, do you know, still do the teaching? The do, you, do you still oh, do sure. teaching? Oh sure. Well, I haven't for 30 years. The government uh, they moved me from Hawaii on my planetary level. I was teaching about Andromeda and how uh, we were working, uh, they shut me down <laughs> and brought me over to work for President Reagan direct with my husband. So mm-hmm. I was giving out too much information too quick with uh, in Hawaii to agents and planetary uh, people that were uh, coming over from Japan. And, uh, well, I had people coming in from all over the world, Germany, and I got too big too quick. So they, they relocated me to uh, <laughs> the States. But, uh, yeah, I've got, I mean, I can teach, sure, if they'll let me. But uh, they, I don't know if they'll let me teach or not. Janet and I have been playing with this and to see getting getting our feet wet for how many years, Janet, since 93? <laughs> but, yeah, it's oh. worth teaching the yeah, higher I, I, levels. Yeah, I would be interested to see like a, a Skype call or a 
video Skype call between you and Desta where you both compare how it's done because, I mean, that's what Desta did is she learned by watching people like you who are tapping into this and, and you know, how do you get into Theta and how does this work? And I think uh, Desta could probably learn a lot from from the techniques that you... Did you learn the techniques from the government or how did you learn your techniques? Well, actually, uh, direct, but I wrote the book on it. It's called Psychic Awakening Classes, and it's the Ascension Ancient Mystery Schools. And we set up a foundation of self-improvement and well-being, and we taught this at the Ascension Center. And you happen to be on our radio show. This is for extraterrestrials and people. Uh, they had a big thing at the Hilton Hawaiian Village for me as an alien and extraterrestrial and we had the one of the gentlemen off of the ships present me with a staff with all the crystals and he wore a tuxedo it was a really big deal we had three to five hundred initiates there and nobody knew each other it was all amazing that they all showed up at the hilton hawaiian village i mean there were still men in black everywhere guarding it and stuff uh but i i know some of the main main players and because the original crew, we gave original Ascension certificates to. But that was in 93 before the government shipped me out. But uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful book, and it's a wonderful uh, foundation. But, yeah, we were trying to teach people, but they took me off of that because it was too much too quick. But we were discussing the whole entire universal plan, the spaceports, all that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, I think it's part of this whole thing that we're doing, Grant, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I, what do you feel like your part is above all this? Because I really need to to sort of get you to get to the next level above above where you're at now. I really feel that. But I'll be more than happy to help uh, if, if I'm allowed to. And Janet and I have not established that yet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, all we can do is try. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, but Janet and I we're we're working on it, Grant. But yeah, you're definitely a uh, Janet. Did I tell you, Grant? I told you before, Grant. You're a big part of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you do know that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I the, the way I work is I just sort of follow wherever rabbit hole I'm getting dragged down. I just sort of sort of open myself up and whatever happens like we we had the story where Desta and I are uh going to this meditation at Mount Shasta and Desta gets the the phone call on her cell phone from an alien which was like you know like kind of weird and um that led to the latest thing I'm doing the thing with the Zendras uh, the CIA is trying to get out the story of portals Ron Pendolfi and these people are trying to dump this idea that there's portals into the into the consciousness and we're doing the Zendra thing, which is the South American contactees from the, a lot of them are associated with Project Rama, and that's how Desta and I got involved in this. We were just going to support this Katerina uh, Castillo uh, to do this meditation thing for World Peace at, at, this, at Mount Shasta, and suddenly we get, I get dragged into this whole story of these Zendras. So we're talking to these people who have been in these uh, interdimensional Zendras, uh, uh, face-to-face with aliens and the messages they got and uh, just to me is the most fascinating story I've seen in a long time so I'm, we put all the interviews we interviewed all these people you were in there did you see this and uh, so, so that's the story I'm sort of working on now and that again goes to this idea you know the, with the, the portals and the Zendras that it's it's not the physical world people think it is that it's 
it's much more complex when you get into what's actually going on. Well, we've been working with portals all over, but most people, once you said they're trying to, they have portals all over the world. Are you talking about the reality of the portals? Are you talking about, are you personally? Well, define portals for me, like in terms of the government, because I really didn't know anything about portals till a year ago. Like I I just follow and I guess I got dragged into this. And Ron Pendolfi, if you know, he's, you know, this high level CIA guy that runs the weird desk. And his wife, the story is that his wife is from the other side of the portal, that, you know, she's not actually from here, and she controls the portal, and, and they briefed Donald Trump on it. And, and, and this stuff they're putting out on this, on this board, like Ron is putting this, he's directly posting now on this board. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing. So I really didn't and know about portals. Yeah, that but that my was question. so funny. That's the moneymaker. That's, that's just one level of it. But realize this stuff is real, and it's been out there forever. It's just okay, been controlled by people okay, that so want to make money Okay, so define a portal to me, because we, we get a lot of offers. Like, Desta and I were in Toronto, and we had two people said, okay, we'll take you through a portal. There's a portal here, a portal there. And nobody ever gets back to us. So define for me, what is a portal? What is, what's going on? Does the government know about this? And what's the importance of portals? Because I've just sort of gotten well, into this, and you seem to know. Well, there's various levels of portals, like you said, depending on what level of existence and what level of knowledge and the need to know. So the need to know has to be there, and that's what's been controlled by the government. That that's out there for money and to keep the industry going, because it's a huge industry, there's the portals like we have in movies, such as Stargate, dialing them in. So the original portals were like the places that they have over uh, through, I guess, hundreds of thousands of years, they put up places like the Stonehenge, places like that. That's the other commercial part that they think that religions took over. But these were actually places where the grid was set up like the pyramids. So there was the, the original, like you call, or we all call, the Akashic Field, where all the psychics before we had the Internet set up to. Then the A field above that, but there's various levels of existence out there in space. But when the government talks about it, there's there's the level of reality that we know portals exist. We just can't predict where they're going to show up. Then there's the portals that are you know for television, so our minds can grasp it. So the one that's most famous are the ones that we started using with government contractors. When we started with the uh, Philadelphia experiment, we started with uh, when we opened the ozone with uh, atomic bombs, I guess. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, the government and everybody's been tracking all that since we started playing. And so apparently uh, the portals that you would be wanting to know is how how do they tap the consciousness? Now, that's a different level of energy. They talk about opening up your own mental portal with your chakras and opening up to higher consciousness. And that's what most people have been teaching for hundreds of thousands of years, and we call them the uh, – back in the pyramids, they had the ancient mystery schools. Right. So they only taught certain initiates, and those became – you know, that's how the uh, – all the all the secret societies, because it was only the the – people that were in charge got to know about that stuff so they got to talk to the originals came and went and they would say okay you've been appointed or you've been chosen or you're from the bloodline you're going to stick here and they would all be the only ones that know so basically i think that what we're talking about is various types of portals but the one that i used i came and slipped in and out of was a literal place in space 
like I went to Spain. And so when I went over there, all of a sudden from Spain, it was like, uh, well, what I used to teach, it would open up to another place and I'd just be there. And that's what they used to say about this shaman. They'd walk up to a certain rock and because they were there, that's what they call a portal, the old ancient shaman. They walk up to a certain rock or a certain place in space and zap, they'd be somewhere else. So we know those existed at one time or another. So there's those portals. And the Indians know about certain portals. You'd go to a certain place in space and it'd zap you somewhere else. Those type of portals. So we have space, time, gravity, space, time. There's another part of it. But they're just now learning about gravity and portals and the lack of uh, speed, sound, light, and gravity. Let's see, what is it? Sound? Sound and I get speed and sound mixed up. But gravity is the latest edge, and that's uh, part of the portal thing, too. But the ones, you know how we talk about in space, dark matter, antimatter, we have the, uh, we only know 10% of the light matter, so to speak. Mm -hmm. There's people talking about the dark holes or the black holes. Well, they call them the white holes and the light holes, too. But here on, on the, what Janet and I would talk about was when I used to teach in Hawaii, I'd teach them how to go from here to Africa, because I've been both places. But you can actually, like, stick a pencil through an apple and make a pinhole or a wormhole. But see, that's called a portal, too. Now, which one do you refer to? Are you talking to strictly how you open up your consciousness level, energy-wise? Well, I, I, oh, that's say like is, channeling. So, so ahead, my Greg. thing is I really don't know what people are, like, There's, there's, you're mentioning all these different things. So if I come to Florida, what I would want to do is, I come to Florida and you get me to experience a portal because uh, all these things are just sort of like, like blackboard things. They're sort of hypothetical, um, you know, right. this kind and that kind. I'd like to, when people say there's a portal, I say, can I go through the portal? Okay, well, I'd like to have this a portal experience so I can actually say, yeah, there is, there is this whatever it is, um, whether it's going to other dimensions or in your mind or whatever. It's just when I've never really come across the experience of a portal, which is much different than the theory of, of portals. Well, the so can one you, can you that I think what you're talking about, well, the, I go to a different one, but the government controls the only ones that I know about that are physical reality. But they're not going to show me their portal. That's the thing. I, I'm looking for right. a place where I can go to a portal and someone can actually give me an experience of a portal. Well, the I, one that I, teaches... I a lead for you, Grant, if you want to. I read uh, Peter well, Moon's book called Og's Hat. And apparently in Og's Hat, New York, there's a place where you actually step through and you're on the other. It, it, it takes you to a, a parallel. Another earth. plane? That's, it's, another, it's another earth, yeah. And it's very much like this one, but there's no people. So it's, it's very natural, all nature. And they have a, a colony they've sent there in case that uh, we blow up this one so it's like a alternative place to live and so they they anyway that i don't know if it's real or not but it's an interesting book <laughs> um, now there's a commercial one that they use that, that janet that guy we've had on uh, a couple of times that it starts with a t over there on the west washington they take them to ascension rock you're talking about mount shasta now psychologically they take people and tell them to fast for 30 days or whatever to cleanse their yeah. persona don't eat meat and what all this stuff but it's yeah. ted isn't that his name janet he was just on this week ted bear yeah what? but i've never stepped what i think grant is saying is 
I, I want to be in one reality and step through and I'm in another reality. <laughs> and I do it with my physical 3D body and that would be proof to me. I've never well, had that similar to out of body. I've been told that I live in a portal here and that when I was growing up I was in a portal. I have seen beings come through portals. I have personally, not in dream state, 3D reality, I saw a being step through a portal in my backyard, in my house in Pittsburgh. So we might be able to meet at my sister's house and we can, maybe that could be recreated, maybe ask it, uh, and a, a large being that had a hood step through. And I dealt with him from age four to about 12, but I was terrified of it because it was like outside of reality. So I've experienced it, but I can't, you know, I can't conjure it up. I wish I could. Yeah. Uh, Graham, yeah, go ahead. I can tell you in Hawaii there was one, uh, I know where three are, but the one that I was taken to when I was in training with the government in Hawaii was uh, above the, uh, in, it was on Oahu, and a 33-degree mason uh, handled it. And only certain uh, spiritual people got to go there, but it was in my training group. And I had to go, I went through people synergistically involved. I went through Dr. Laura Sturgis. I went through holodynamics. Uh, there's hypnosis involved. You have to learn to have control of your emotions and your consciousness. Then if you uh, meet the integrity and self-respect, you got to have all these things that are human attributes. Then they will literally train you to go up the mountain and, uh, you go way up this mountain, and, and, our, and, and it opens up like a, a bubble, and you can see below, you can see over to Waikiki, and you can see Diamond Head in one of your visions of where you, you are in this reality. But this portal is controlled by the Masons, and they would open it up from above. And I got, I'm, I'm an initiate into that plan, but I don't know who allowed me because I'm sort of extraterrestrial blood DNA anyway. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how they choose them, Grant, Grant, but I do know there is a, just like Ted teaches. So some of these guys that make money on these tours and taking you to Mount Shasta and go to the Ascension Rock and do all this stuff, they're teaching you or training you once you open up your mind and your reality to what's real. It's sort of like being in the matrix. So a lot of this woo-woo stuff is at least to teach you the basics, and then you go to really being allowed to work with the people that really do it. It's sort of like being a level one person, level two person, level three person. And I hate to say that, but honestly, it's true. It's like a need to know. So you have to be a pretty good person and cleaned up all your Basically, I think the Indians call it your karma dharma, <laughs> yeah. but they yeah, really have them. Yeah, and I'm willing to do that. That's the thing. I, I'm just I'm just looking now for a place to experience this because it's. It, I'm talking about it, and I'm talking about the government sort of leaking this story, and then people ask me what is it, and I'm going, well, I really don't know. I mean, no, it's like it's like it's still theoretical, and you want some sort of experience where you can say, yes, I actually was in there. Like when when I had these people with what they call the Zendras. Then I they they were very specific. The blue this bluish white fog is coming off the ground. It's uh, the people walk through the fog. They hold hands. They don't let go until they're inside there. Then once they're in there, the, 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 they can see the alien and the alien is interacting with each person separately. And everybody's telling the same story. So then I I sort of know what they're talking about. 
or these domed ones. They have domed ones that are, they, the, the, the aliens create like a bubble, and it's only a half an inch thick, but it's, it's about 30 feet high, 40 feet long. We've got videos of these things. And then it's sort of like I can sort of describe, but the problem I have is when I'm trying to talk about it and then people say, well, what is it? And I'm going, well, I've really not been in one. And it's, it's always becomes this theoretical thing as to uh, what it is. I would sure like to experience one, whatever I got to do to go through real. Well, there was at least 16. I'll tell you real quickly in Hawaii, there was the initiate process of cleaning up your own junk and, you know, your psychological and all that, because it's just like seeing a UFO. If you're not in tune or if you're scared or in fear, of course they're not going to work with you because you have your own stuff. You have your own humanoid problems. So you got to get past all that. So that's why the woo woo stuff you go through that people don't believe in, but it works. But then there were 16, and they all thought they were clean and they'd all gone through this or that, or, you know, the shaman or the 32 schools or the ancient mystery schools, or they were masons or whatever. Out of that 16, only about 14 of us, we left two at the fire. There was a big fire, bonfire thing. That it's an initiate thing, and you go over the water, and you have to go through this meditation and all this crap. You yeah. know, and anyway, you go across the, the, uh, the, le- the, the stream, and then you go up this mountain. And, you know, out of uh, we were down to nine halfway up. And then after nine, two of them went to sleep. It's like something off of Steven Spielberg contact, because I know all these stories are the same. And then there was only me and two guys, and one guy hurt himself, and he had a staff. He was the Indian shaman-looking dude that you'd think would make it to the top, and he didn't. Only me and one other guy made it to the top. So we sort of felt chosen, me and one guy. And uh, it was very special, but uh, and I remembered it, and it put me in a, like a amazing thing because it, I've already had my UFO experiences and worked with beings, and then this was before I got to work off planet. So this was part of my initiation before I got to put my whole story into reality, going, oh my God, this is real, you know, and got to go do the investigations and all that kind of stuff. Well, actually, no. Let's see, eighty ninety three. No, I was in the middle of my government work and my initiation. Oh my God. So I'd already been to Washington, D.C. and had the retina scan and the polygraphs and the medical and all that. No, this was really heavy stuff. So, But the shaman part of you, the, the reality is you can't smoke, you can't drink, you can't drug. you got to have a clean vessel. And then you have to do your psychological work. And then the government knows those that do and don't because they monitor you your entire life. And then they give you this need to know clearance level stuff, you know. And then you work with like the. You always had to have a base. That makes a lot of sense because that makes a lot of sense what you're saying about you have to do. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs. I, I've, I've been surrounded with it all my life, but I never liked it for some reason. It's like I was in a different level. It's like, no, I don't want to do that. But then when I came and I met Dr. Lesson, I did all this psychological stuff. That's when my contact just started coming, like, like daily. Right, so, right. They work with you if they like you, if you can pass their little human test. <laughs> so so let, let me ask, body. Let me, let me ask uh, a question wait, then. Go ahead. Is, you go. You're, you're, you're talking about the government sort of doing the, having this understanding and the training. Are the government good guys or bad guys? When, when they control this technology, you dealt with them. Are they on the, the, the light side or the dark side? 
we have various levels of government. We have various levels of need to know. We have those that go in believing in the truth. We have those that are initiated into the extraterrestrial level of being a real human that works for the real good. But we also have humans that are dark side and they choose to do the dark. They're the dark hats. We have the light hats. And but we but have if the you dark got the, hats. let me ask you then. But if you got the dark hats, how can they? If you got to clean up your thing to experience this portal thing, and how, how does the dark side guys get access to this? If they're well, the government. I'm talking. You asked me about the government. Remember, so stay on track with the government. The government has internal people of all levels of existence. Like we used to say, there was no bad FBI agent. Well, we've since learned there is. But at one time, we thought we were all clean, pure, all that. And all the intelligence agencies. Think about how to become a law enforcement officer in any little town. There's the county sheriffs that you may know a good old boy network. But yeah. there's the real big cities. You have to be clean. You can't have a record. Blah blah blah. That's reality. Well, it's the same thing in the government. So we have various levels and we have various levels of need. But think, the government is millions of different codings, just like books. Yeah. Go into a library, the library in Alexandria in Egypt. Anything but, uh, that we have is is levels. But okay. we have various levels that do different things. But uh, but I'm talking about the Whether ones who have access to the portals. The ones who have access oh, to the portals. As far as the ones I work with were clean. We know about yeah. the other factions. Yeah. But the okay, only ones I that get initiated, we know about the dark factions, but they weren't. They were at the Galaxy uh, Federation, the highest levels. I answered to the Galaxy Federation that answered to the Supreme High Council. Right. And the Supreme High Council worked with all the Supreme Councils in each country. We worked strictly with tectonic plates and, okay. and all the uh, heads of state around the world. They're the ones that work with the bloodlines and the ones that work, who are actually were controlling the plates. The tectonic okay. plates that move around the world. Yeah. Wow. Cool. But they're tell, clean. Tell Grant. Tell Grant why they, um, they needed humans because we can kill. Tell tell the story that Tom his encounter where they wanted. Oh, this to is kill. the million billion the the billion dollar the billion year story. Okay, the oldest ones that we worked with, hundreds of thousands of years old. But this is even past the gray stories and the Anu stories and the Lemuria and Atlantis and all those. These are beings that have been forever. But the ones that uh, I worked with from Andromeda, it's another galaxy over. But I don't like to say it because it low levels your uh, intelligence level because people judge you by what you speak of. Unfortunately that humans do that. But real quickly, uh, my husband and I were, we'll just say initiated into this program, okay, with mm -hmm. President Reagan wanting to know because he'd had some UFO experiences. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just low-level stuff. So uh, when the low levels want to know the higher levels, uh, what happened is my husband and I were asking questions because we were from here and treated, we went back up to be trained at the, uh, what they call, Janet calls the secret space or USFO secret space level. But I think Richard Dolan speaks about it because Richard tries to work with a bunch of people at different levels. But the one she wants you to know about is that at the highest level, they have beings from all these other universes that work together and come and go. And the reason that the ones that were coming to this planet, some call it the prison planet, some just call it the younger one, the ones that we worked with said they found this planet. They found them. But the, uh, they were human, and they found these, and they were, I guess, like Janet calls them, Anunnaki or whatever. They they know all those stories but they worked with them and, and enhanced them and what happened was they uh worked with them but uh 
some of them uh, have been putting people out in universes forever, and they on this level they had gotten where they were uh, working. Well, we were working with them. They had no emotions, and they were the younger kids, twenties, forty. You know, the, but we had some that had come over and worked with uh, during the World War II with the Germany. Uh, you know, with some of them that were old, and they they could be there, but they they had to observe. But the the thing was, we would, Janet wants me to tell you, is that we have a, a certain gene, a DNA encoding, <laughs> and, and we work here because we, uh, over through the advancement of, of humanity out in those you know, universes, the many spheres, is the fact that through the time of us perfecting our genome or you know, human, humanoids, was when they would inbreed or when they would inbred or take 64 different you know species and blend them together, somehow they would want to blend over time, which is an illusion because we don't have it in space, but down here we use it in this solar system. But up there, you, they would blend them together. But when they were doing, they would blend out all the bad, what we at one time thought were bad, what you'd call dark or evil and all that. But what happened is they had all these beautiful universes, but they found out some of them somehow weren't like us. They were dark, like Janet and I call them, like wharf, because they were bred to to rape and pillage other universes. That whole thing, that is good to them. It's the strongest, if you ever watch Star Trek. And I saw them, and my husband saw them, and we have two different ideas of what they are. But... Uh, here on this planet, we are good. Out. The good people, the, the yeah. good people won't kill. Oh, yeah, kill so, yeah, we won't yeah. kill people. So, the, we and think about it. We have all those peaceful Shambhala. We're not. We, we won't do it. Well, they were getting killed. It's just like World War Two is an experiment, or Hitler was an experiment, because they won't kill people. So, think the Jews. They just slaughtered them, right? I mean, uh, this makes a lot of sense. But the fact is that from what I know, my husband had to, we had to train, and I trained, but I chose to come down and communicate. You asked me the last time you were with me what my job was down here, and then we laughed, and I told you it was communications, remember? But that was by choice, and I'm not doing a very good job of it. But the main thing is a lot of us have a lot of levels that we've been allowed to know about that not everybody has. Let me just tell it real quick. Okay, All right. Tom was uh, was uh, asked to uh, punch somebody because they couldn't hurt another person anymore. They could no longer do that type of harm. And so Tom said, sure. So he punched this guy. You know, it was, a, it was an ET. And he demonstrated, yeah, I can hit this guy. And then they said, uh, well, can you show us what it's like to kill somebody? And so somebody volunteered, and Tom, I guess he used a gun or something, and he just shot him because Tom was trained <laughs> in the military to be an assassin. He was trained. He was genetically altered to be an assassin. So he Just was shine between the eyes. The reason, the reason that they have humans is so we can be the warrior race. But they have no off, response. It's kind of like the Klingons. It's like, it's like the Klingons. It's like the new latest Star Trek. That Those type of beings that just come in and kill for no reason other than to kill actually exist. And that's why they need humans to have you know, the warrior race. So now they're using, um, they're genetically creating clones, and the clones uh, can just go out and be the war machine. So it's kind of gone into a really uh, strange world. But for a while, they were just using regular humans like Tom, 
but they genetically alter him. So they don't hesitate to kill. They just kill because, you know, they're protectors. Anyway, that's the end of what I was trying to get Well, to. yeah, I've got Steve's, I've got Tom's story, but then there's the time travel story, which doesn't make sense to anybody because of the gravity and the time is an illusion and all that. But see, we're fixing to get, uh, if you'll help us hurry up and get past this, you know, level zero or one or wherever, you know, the plane it is, then we can get on to teaching the next existence, right? And so this guy with the CIA desk, that's hilarious, and his wife, I know all about him, Jesus. That is so commercial and so ridiculous. <laughs> Whatever. But anyway, but the thing is, see, when I start talking, somehow... I mean, I've experienced this stuff, Graham, and I don't know if you can tell, but, I mean, there's a lot I know, but when you tell it, people have to be able to get it, and I have to be able to find the words to tell it, and then I was teaching some stuff to try to hurry up in advance from 1990 where we could be in 2012, and and I didn't do it right because they took me off that thing, which I know I was one of many people doing it, but... uh, Somehow the government has always been able to control that. And all Tom and I could figure out is there's our government and their government. There's our intelligence and their intelligence, and they all work together. And it's always a need-to-know basis. Now, you know, you're asking good questions about the good guys and the bad guys. But, yes, there's a, there, what we can figure out is for everywhere, even at the highest, oldest people, that because they wouldn't do the save the people, and, and they realized that all the good people would be wiped out. So they thought that everybody was good, and they found out there was a faction or another universe where the people weren't. And they were like, holy crap. And they came through and knocked out one of the uh, – a whole gray uh, rape and pillage the whole planet. I saw, I saw – I mean, I've got the vision in my head. And they, they the grays that were working on the, on the uh, ship, they were like – had no place to go back to. And we were like, well, how did how, – how are we seeing this video? And part of the ship got uh, in the in the wormhole, you know, going through. Part of like thirty of the stories got zapped. In in it, when the when the wormhole starts closing, it 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 actually ate part of the ship, and that wasn't supposed to happen. So we had a bunch of people working on that part of the ship. But that's the story that goes back to this other place in space. So. All these worms, what you're talking about, you ask a good question about portals. See, there's all kind of portals. Depends on who's talking about it, what level of clearance they've got, what level of existence they've got, if they need to know or not, because you can give people information they don't need to know too fast, and they can't absorb it anyway. They're, not only can they not retain it, they don't even understand. You can be speaking you know, Hindi to somebody that speaks English. So it's still the same thing. So we're working on it, you know, and, and everything to me on this planet makes sense. Absolutely. The whole picture, when you okay. put it together, it makes total sense. TJ, we're running out of time. Let Grant ask. A okay. Grant, ask a question. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So what, what is your mission now? If they pulled you off this, what, what is your mission like today, tomorrow? What are you going to do for the rest of your life? Well, I never know if I'm going to be here from one minute to the next because I have various levels of existence. And so my reality is different than most people's and my even time. I mean, I'm one of these types that has to ask what day is it, what year is it. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I can go down to the beach here on Gulf Breeze and walk into what you would call a portal and be gone. So, mm-hmm. But I'm accustomed to it. I live my life like that. So my mission is based on my connection to everything and everybody in I sort of live in the future. 
<laughs> I don't. I don't really. Yeah, my my whole existence is is several layers away. I sort of say thirteen dimensions away. <laughs> but I'm okay with that. But being, I don't know how to answer that. But basically, I live one minute at a time, one day at a time, because I've had minutes missing, and I had to go back and put them together, and that was not fun. But now I'm okay because I realize that's just reality. That's just that's normal. That's normal to most that live get to live at that level. But I don't know if you can help me, Grant, learn to communicate. That'd be great because I, you, I, yeah. if. And Janet's doing her best. Janet's been trying to interpret how many years, Janet. <laughs> well, <laughs> we need I, to I'm a little bit more. I, I'm Eric Fairy, Hippie Dippy, you know, Janet Plant, I was known for years, but I can kind of decipher and interpret what TJ's talking about because she's talking on the hyper level. I, I know you've been listening, everybody's been listening to TJ, and she she's like 20 steps and 30 steps ahead of everybody just yeah. trying to put things into English. And it doesn't always come out. But I've been listening to her for so long, I, I understand exactly what she's saying. What I'd like to do is translate that story into, you know, uh, typical human English. I guess people at read the ninth grade level or something like that, most humans, right? So something that could be out there so people will understand what is really going on in the cosmos. She's got the whole story, but we've got to slow it down. TJ's very excited talking to you, Grant. You're, it sounds you're like Graham's fairy tales. Well, because Graham's always been there. I've I've known about him forever. But the thing is, I had to wait till you got him here. I couldn't. I've been trying to yeah. get him through his agency. Your agency in Chicago has been driving me crazy, Grant. <laughs> you know who yeah, Jimmy uh, is with with Dalkin or something? Daylin. We have Miller. about one or two minutes, TJ. Just I, I'm keeping. Yeah. Track well, of I can do it. There's just some stuff I can't do. Janet, Janet can yeah. do what I can't do. That's her talent. There you yeah. go. So I don't even worry about it. You're here, and Grant, and you're supposed to get with me, and you're supposed to be on ET Radio. I know that. There you go. There so you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm honored to do it. All right. Yeah, yeah. but Janet. Janet, he's supposed to be on ET Radio, according to his one of his public relations oh, oh, firms oh, in oh. Chicago. And also, Janet, I need you to see about getting him with Marta Thomas on the pyramid. I need to put that pyramid grid back up. The pyramid okay, grid, we'll remember? We're working too. with Let's get Grant the last, the last minute, because we're going to go off okay. air in a second now. Go ahead, Grant. Take okay. it right to the end. Oh, darn. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the music. Thank you. <laughs> Yes, thank you everybody for listening. We'll have you back, Grant. Um, okay. And much fun, pleasant.
Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio at FreedomSlips.com. Any commercial advertising you may hear in this program is of the sole discretion and benefit of the host of whose program you are listening to. Revolution Radio does not endorse any commercial products, nor does it accept monetary compensation for on-air advertising of commercial products, nor will it ever. We are and shall remain 100% listener-supported. Any product advertising on this program are considered used at higher risk, and Revolution Radio shall not be held liable for any claims or damages received from any product advertised within this program. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. Moscow's freeze. That's your cerebral cortex looking for an answer it doesn't have. See? Even your brain knows you're screwed. The blood is filling with adrenaline right now. Whether you know it or not. The heart's beating fast. It's getting a little harder to breathe. The neurobiological system is telling it to run. But your knees are too weak to move. Fear is not real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. That is near insanity. Do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real, but fear is a choice. We are all telling ourselves a story. Listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. 100% listener supported radio. Reporting. Benefit from no ATM fees nationwide with a Columbia Bank Advantage Plus checking account. Use any ATM anywhere nationwide for total convenience. Make any ATM your ATM. For Advantage Plus checking, receive credit up to 10 surcharges or $30 per statement cycle, whichever is less at domestic ATMs not owned by us at charge of transaction surcharge. Maximum rebate of 360 for 12 statement cycles. All offers are subject to be withdrawn at any time. Member FDIC, count on Columbia.